Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Praise God. We've been talking about a fasted life, and I haven't been doing a very good job of teaching it. And the Lord keeps interrupting me. <laughs> he acts like it's his service. All right, so <laughs> that's more prophetic than you realize. All right, so... Matthew chapter 26, we're talking about the Garden of Gethsemane and really the prayer of consecration and living a fasted life. And we're, This is a very poor teaching on fasting. If you've ever heard one, you say, why is that? Because I haven't talked much about fasting. Um, basically, what I mean by that is there are so many teachings on fasting and how to fast. That is not my intention in this. And I don't believe the Lord's. It's the Lord's either. You know, how many have heard of the Daniel fast? You know, I mean, how many fasts are there available? I mean, it, there are so many. My intention in this is that you would just hear from the Holy Spirit and ask him what he wants you to abstain from to spend time seeking him. Okay? Because ultimately, fasting in a word is to abstain. In other words, you're stopping one thing in order to seek God, okay? I, I need to say this. Fasting is not your opportunity to lose weight. I'm, I'm not, I don't know how many times I've heard this. People will come up to me and say, you've been on the fast? You yeah, have been on the fast. How much weight you lose? That is not the point. <laughs> the point is, what did God say to you? That is the point. If you happen, in fact, Jesus said this. He said, when you fast, not if, when you fast, make sure you don't appear like you are. If you ever want a, uh, if you ever want a good laugh, you can go to uh, YouTube and look up funny videos on fasting or whatever. You know, I've seen them through the years. Some are like, you know, I'm going on a fast tomorrow, and the person's like got all this plates of food around them. You're missing the point. The idea is not to see how much you can get in before you, have to, you can't put anything in. You know, I'm going on a media fast. What are you doing? Scroll on Facebook, man. I got to take it out. And the moment you take it out, because the, the, the Lord's going to pinpoint your thing. I'm just saying stuff. I have no idea what your thing is. But the Lord will pinpoint your thing and watch how much your soul and your flesh jumps up and down the moment you do. And then you'll know how much strength that that thing has in deciding what and where you do. And that's what it's about. God wants, God is not saying you can't eat. God is not saying you can't enjoy things of this world. God is saying those things cannot control you. They don't control you. He wants to be the one who's your Lord. You're in that place of consecration. So Matthew chapter 26, verse number 36, this is the prayer of consecration. It says this, then Jesus came to them to a place called Gethsemane. He came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray or go pray, uh, go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Verse 39, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, 
saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, what? Not as I will, but as you will. This is about conforming to God's will. Now, sometimes when people hear that, they think, well, I thought I was in God's will. You probably are. But how many know he might have a little bit more? People say, well, well, how much does God really want? Just all of it. That's it. (laughs) You know what your flesh does when it hears that? It gets depressed. Well, it tries to. You don't let it because you're spiritual. (laughs) But that's what it tries to do. Is well, I don't want to give that up. But what you don't realize is when you give, when you let go of being your source in an area, God becomes it. I don't know about you, but the drinking water from heaven is better than anything that I can come up with. So not my will, but yours be done. And a portion of your will being removed simply is a death of a part of you. But don't worry, once you get past the crucifixion of it to the resurrection, you won't care anymore. But mostly, always, it's getting past the what? The crucifixion first. Because that's the most difficult part. Well, I've got to have my say. No, you don't. You can trust the Lord. You'll have more peace in your marriage. Go ahead and preach, Sean. Believe I will. Thank you. I'm only preaching from my life. (laughs) Not my wife, from my life. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. All right. Not my wife. So, verse 40, he says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to them, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41. Watch and pray lest you enter into what? Temptation. The spirit indeed is... But the flesh is, there's your problem. What's willing? Spirit is. But the flesh is what? Weak. Weak to the things of the spirit. How many, how many have ever tried to deny your body uh, something that it liked for an extended period of time and thought, my body's not weak. It's loud, obnoxious, pushy, rude. It, it will literally dive through somebody for the last donut? <laughs> over what? A donut. Dude, Krispy Kreme is right over there. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? But how, what's your flesh like? It's the last one. I think they'll make another. <laughs> In other words... Fasting does what? It puts your flesh in check. It keeps your body under. You can keep your body under. You have the ability. People say, well, no, they just made me so mad. Nope. Nobody can control you but you. Well, I wouldn't have done this if they wouldn't have. Nope. If I live in that place in myself... I will never mature spiritually. God is my defense, right? He's my protector. He's my supplier. Well, I had this job, but somebody came in and undercut me. 
If you get into that, you actually cut your faith off for the next thing where God was going to provide in place of that. Does that make sense? The enemy, guys, your enemy, my enemy is not, it's not the people sitting here. Our enemy is Satan. So don't put a natural face to your enemy. Realize that there's something working behind the scenes. Come on, I'm going to go political. Even the Democrats and the Republicans. It's behind the curtain. And people say, well, they yielded to it. Well, let God deal with them. You pray for their soul to be saved because Jesus hung on the cross for their soul to be saved. Well, they're killing babies and we've all done things we shouldn't have. You say, well, we're supposed to stand up for righteousness. Exactly. I'm not saying we don't declare truth. I'm not saying we don't stand in truth. But we, we do it from the place of non-judge. <laughs> right? So in other, words, in other words, I do it from the place that I'm not God. Amen? Some, sometimes people, well, you're, what are you saying? We can't, we can't uh, have, you know, no, let, let, let righteousness and truth ring. Do it from the place of redemption. Amen? Did Jesus ever look at the religious leaders of his day and correct them? But why did he do it? Because he was just so mad at them. No. Because he knows if they continue down that path, hell awaits at the end. And he doesn't want them to go there. Amen? You say, how, how, can you, how can you do that? The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You can speak the truth of God in love. That means I can look at somebody who is for the uh, pro-abortion, pro-choice, whatever they want to call it, which is just pro-murder. But I can look at them and say, that's wrong. And not hate them. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? It's what brings light and truth. So the spirit is willing. It's the flesh that's weak. Again, a second time he went away, verse 42, and prayed saying, Oh, Father, if this cup can pass, cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came to them and found them asleep. You know, sometimes you can be in a difficult situation and even those closest to you will be asleep. But don't worry, you have the Lord. Amen. All right, let's look at a practical truth here. And I'm actually going to end this today. Let's look at a practical truth here. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. And I want you to see something here. Acts 13, 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts. Verse 1. Here is... Fasting. This is a simple truth about fasting right here. And this is something I want you to see. And I don't want to go into great detail, but I just want you to see the principle. It said that now in the church, that was at Antioch. Where was it? It was the church in Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who is called uh, Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. So you got a bunch of guys here. How many have ever wondered who the guys are? 
Have you ever wondered? <laughs> you ever read it and thought, what are they talking about there? Well, I'll share it with you. How about that? Barnabas is, the one, is one of the founders of the church who is also known as an encourager. Everybody knows who Barnabas is, right? He went off with, with Saul, who's later called Paul. Simeon is called Niger. How many have ever wondered about him? It means the Nigerian is what it means. And he actually was a black prophet from North Africa is who he was. How many have you ever wondered about that? So he was a prophet. Uh, Lucius is of Cyrene. He was a fellow worker with Paul. You'll find out about him in Romans 16.21. Menaean is the stepson to Herod by a Samaritan woman named... I can't pronounce her name, so I'm not going to try. It's M-A-L-F-A-U-K-E, so you figure that out. He is a wealthy aristocrat who became born again and a gifted teacher at Antioch. His brothers Antipas and Archelaus were both unbelievers. Antipas is the king who beheaded John the Baptist. So in other words, you may have an evil relative, but you could be righteous if you get born again. Amen? And it's, it's great. I mean, it's powerful. It tells you that there, God was moving all through these people. Even amongst those who maybe had, did horrible things, here God's moving and bringing salvation in the midst of all of it. Praise God. Saul, of course, is Paul. We know. Okay? And it says this in verse 2. As they what? Minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit said. That's in verse 2. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. This is what fasting, this is something, this is a practical picture at fasting. What is fasting? Fasting by itself, the word itself means what? To abstain. To abstain from what? Whatever it is that the Lord is telling you to abstain from. Well, people say, well, I'm going to eat only vegetables, or I'm going to not eat anything, and I'm going to drink, you know, 50% water and grape juice, and, you know, there are all these different things. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, that's what you do. But when you're abstaining, you're not, when you're abstaining from, you know, dessert, it doesn't mean you need to eat five more loaves of bread. You say, how do you know about this? I have this same stuff on me that you do. Your body is idiotic. How many have noticed? It's like, you know, I didn't eat a piece of cake. Well, there's a pie. Yeah, I could probably eat that. <laughs> I mean, your flesh, you cannot trust your flesh as far as you can throw it. It just is, it's the nature of it. Your body will go, well, I didn't watch TV for an hour, and then it'll want to watch it for three days straight, nonstop, with no sleep. And then it'll get mad that it's tired. You cannot let your flesh lead you. You need to abstain. Abstain means your body tries to freak out, but you dominate it with your spirit. Maybe it's a TV show. Maybe it's a, I don't know what it is. It's not my job to, to tell you what to do. It's Here's the principle. What are they doing? They're ministering to the Lord. So what am I abstaining from? I'm abstaining from something else, and I'm doing what? I'm ministering to the Lord. 
I'm taking time to focus on him. And then in the midst of focusing on him, what takes place? The Holy Spirit says. And then what did the Holy Spirit do in this situation? He separated them. And that word actually has to do with creating boundaries. Now, we know Paul and Barnabas were called to preach to the Gentiles, and that's what they went and did. But how did they know they were supposed to do it? And really, if you look at the history of this, there's an, there's an implication here that this is something that these gentlemen, gentlemen did together frequently. In other words, maybe there's a group that you have on another day where you get together and you just wait on the Lord and minister to Him and you abstain from all other things and you just wait to hear what the Holy Spirit says. In other words, you are what? You are abstaining. You're what? You're living a fasted life. This could be a periodic thing. This could be something the Lord says every Tuesday at this time, I want you to take one hour and pray in the Spirit. Pray and spend time. Minister to me. It could be a time where you shut everything else out and all you do in that time is you just lift your hands to the Lord and worship Him. And in the midst of that, what takes place? The Holy Spirit does what? Speaks. What happens when the Holy Spirit speaks? Faith comes by. You get direction. You get clarity. You get separate unto me. This person and this person. Let's look at Jesus. Let's see if he did it. Go over to Mark chapter 6. You're what? You're separating yourself. You're ministering unto the Lord. You're fasting and in this case, praying or ministering to the Lord. What does that mean? Prayer. You guys understand what prayer is. You're having fellowship and conversation with the Lord. Ministering to the Lord. Sometimes people wonder about that. But sometimes, you know, praying is not just all requests. Praying is, Lord, you're good. I bless you. What is that? Ministering to the Lord. Father, you're faithful. I love you. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for how you've blessed me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for redeeming me. Taking time to just sit quietly. Shut everything else out. Abstain from letting your mind go in directions it shouldn't. How many of you have ever sat down to do this and your mind thinks of or come... There are things... You, you remember where you lost that key 10 years ago. Am I just making this up or telling the truth? What is that? That's your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing. So what do you say, what do I do? Sit there until the devil shuts up and your flesh shuts up. Turn on worship music. Take a little time to refocus. We live in a generation, man, there, I, there's never been this much worship on the planet. I mean, everybody and their cat, literally their cat, has a YouTube channel. <laughs> it's true. How many saw that cat a while back? It was the, I don't know if it was the ugly cat or the mad looking cat. I don't know which cat it was. Grumpy cat. Yeah, it passed away. How will we go on? <laughs> and that cat did look grumpy. I saw it. I mean, bald eagles have a live feed. 
Giraffes have a live feed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can't find a worship channel, you're not trying. <laughs> the trick is to not get lost before you get there in the what's available. How many have ever went to post something on Facebook and an hour later you're like, what was I doing? <laughs> oh. Okay, Mark chapter 6. I got to wrap this service up. He had too much joy. It's all right to laugh. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verse number 45, it says this. Immediately he made the disciples, his disciples, get into the boat and go before him to the other side of Bethsaida. While he did what? Sent the away. He made his disciples go. So he sent his disciples away from him, and then he sent the multitude away. Verse 46, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to what? Pray. What is Jesus doing? He's abstaining from something. I'm just, I want to say this to you. People will do this, and it's because our world floods us with these thoughts and things. Fasting is abstaining. It's, it's, it's moving away from something. Uh, if, it's, if it needs to be food, then make it food. If it needs to be TV, then make it that. I don't care. Whatever it is, just make it the thing that the Lord tells you to do. But what are you doing? You're sending away, but you're going to the mountain to what? Pray. Now, I'm not talking about just a physical mountain. Now, if the Lord tells you to go to a physical mountain, I understand. Okay, that's fine. But a lot of times people will do this. I've had people, I've been in services where people got born again, and I started to talk to a gentleman about, uh, a young gentleman about, uh, and I've heard this, I've heard this statement so many times. And I think to myself, wow, the enemy is so good at deceiving people. But they've said to me, immediately after giving their heart to Jesus, and I say, man, you need to get involved in a church. You need to be involved in serving and in growing in your relationship with the Lord. And sometimes I know, Preachers mean you need to be where I am and I need to control you. That's not what I'm saying. The scripture says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. The scripture clearly teaches that the five, what we call the fivefold ministry gifts, we just call them that, that they are given for the purpose of the development of the church. In other words, God put a specific grace within a person or persons and, and, and Inside of that grace is part of your ability to grow spiritually. Come on. Now watch. It's the same with you. People say, well, I'm a Christian all into myself. In your dreams, you have something in you. And if you're not around other believers, they are not receiving the supply. Which means you're not using what God has placed within you. But people have said this to me. They said, well, I don't really need to come with, you know, to, to, to church or anything. I just, I find God in nature. And I think to myself, how deceived. Or are you saying I can't go camping? Go camping. Cook marshmallows. Just don't ignore whole portions of the scripture and invent some strange doctrine. Come on and forsake the gathering of yourselves together. In other words, Jesus didn't just go to the mountain because he loved the mountains. 
If you've gone camping or were planning on it and it got ruined because of the rain, I'm not talking to you, okay? I'm not trying to tell you not to go fishing or camping or anything. Go. I don't care. It's fine. People say, well, what if they miss church? Then you miss church. We'll see you next week. You think I have time to worry about that? (laughs) Yo, mama, I will not. I like good sleep at night. Uh, I wonder what Mike's doing right now. I'm sitting at home, biting my fingernails. I don't care. I hope he's living for the Lord. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? My point is this, is that if you want to take some time and go up, just don't make it your whole life. Amen? Take time to seek God. Jesus didn't go to the mountain because he was just an avid fisherman. And he loved the lakes up there. I don't know that the mountains there are like our mountains here in his day. But what was he doing? He was doing what? He was seeking God. What did he do? He was getting answers. In one of the gospel sections there, it says he did this and he picked out those who were to be apostles. What is he doing? He's getting direction. He's getting alignment from heaven for the decisions that need to be made. In other words, he's sending this group away and he's sending that group away and he's abstaining abstaining from this so that he can do what? Pray and minister to the Lord. And as he does that, what happens? The Holy Spirit said. And the wisdom that is from above is first what? Peaceable. It brings light, peace, wholeness, joy. It brings unity. It has love with it. It's not destructive. It doesn't tear things apart. It doesn't ruin other people. It's the Holy Spirit coming in and causing rest and wholeness, healing, direction, clarity. Why? So that we stop running into things that we shouldn't along the path. You know what I mean? So we don't get off into the woods and get lost, so to speak, off the path that the Lord has for us. It's you taking time, living a fasted life. You say, what is the point? The point is this. The Lord is going to lead you to observe stain from something, and it doesn't have to be everything at once if your personality is like mine. Well, I could abstain from this, 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 and pretty soon you're like, you know, you're not eating at all instead of eating only vegetables and meat (laughs) because you've got, you've come, no, 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 it can be 30 minutes a day I'm going to abstain from everything else and pray right now. People say, well, I'm going to go on a 40-day fast. I don't recommend it. Listen to me, ever. Well, Jesus did it, and he had angels minister to him, so I hope they come minister to you, too. In other words, what? I feel it's better to live a fasted life than it is to just... Try and do everything all at once. Let the Lord take one thing in your life. Let him touch one area and go, uh, you just sit before him and go, Lord, what do you want me to do here? And it may be, hey, I just want you to not watch this TV show. I just want you to not eat this. I want you to, I don't want you to do this thing that you like to do anymore. I want you on this day, Wednesdays, take, you know, like, I'll use Mike here. He has 
he's an easy example. He's, <laughs> no, but he had workout Wednesdays, right? Workout Wednesdays. Not workout every day. How long have you been doing workout Wednesdays? Eight or nine years. One day for nine years. Come on. Do you see the power in this? There is great power in this. What is that? That's you telling your body no. And you know what your body will do eventually? Okay. What is it for you? Maybe it's 10 minutes of walk a day. Where you're just, I'm going to focus on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put everything else out. Let's go for a walk. You and me, Lord. Taking time and then hearing from him. And you say, what's going to happen? You're going to have so many awesome testimonies about what the Lord has done in your life. And I'm not talking about just natural things. Your spiritual development. Your marriage improving. Your relationship with your kids improving. Your business improving. Your employee-boss relationship improving. What's taking place? You're abstaining from something. And you're focusing on the Lord. And what's happening? You're ministering to Him. He's speaking to you. You're hearing Him. And then you're separating unto what He asks you to do. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me if you would. I just want to give opportunity if there's anybody here that hasn't either given their life to the Lord or online as well. Or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Either one. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So if there's anybody here that either needs to rededicate your life to the Lord or you haven't given your life to the Lord, I just ask you to simply slip up your hand where you're at and I'd like to pray with you and uh, uh, get you back into fellowship with the Lord. Is there anybody like that at all? I'm just scanning over, just looking. If there's not, that's fine. Praise God. All right. Father, we do. We thank you for today. Lord, thank you for our country. Thank you for those who have served and given their life for us. Lord, we bless them and their families. We know this is, Lord, this weekend is a great celebration for many, but for some it's difficult. So we ask you, Father, we do. We just ask you to bless them and strengthen those families. Lord, we do. We will abstain. As you lead us, Holy Spirit, we consecrate and commit ourselves to your will. Show us how you want to serve, how you want want us to live, how you want us to operate in our day-to-day life. We will separate one thing. We will separate out. We will do what you put your finger on. We'll pull that thing out and take that time and that place and that energy to seek you and to hear from you, to go to the mountain of God to pray. We believe you. We ask you for this leading and guiding. We believe we receive it. Father, I thank you for your joy that's going with our church today. We thank you for it. We believe for more, (laughs) more of your move, more of your spirit. Holy Spirit, you are God. We bless you. We honor you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. I just want to share one more thing with you before I let you go. Don't forget this Wednesday is our last uh, uh, Wednesday for Bible study, uh, but youth will continue on. I was talking to my brother the other day. My brother did uh, two and a half tours overseas when we first went in um, with Bush Jr. And, uh, and uh, he, uh, he served, he was in Baghdad. And he was in the, heat, the, the thick of it. How many know somebody that was in the thick of it? No, I'm not talking about they went over after everything calmed down. Every, my brother said this in his first tour. Um, 
he had, uh, in his second tour, he had less gunfire over the whole tour than he did in one day in his first tour. Okay, so these are real situations. Now, thank God, my brother, I mean, the Lord has helped him, healed him. I mean, he went through PTSD and all that stuff. But, but the Lord has helped him, and he's helped others now. But he said this. I mean, it just shook me. It, last two Wednesdays ago, he was watching. He watches from Texas. And, uh, and uh, he said the first time he went out on tour out of the, out of the base, um, he was driving out to, to go out into the, the war zone area. And they, he, he told me, he said, Sean, we had a Methodist, a Catholic, a Lutheran, a, you know, and he's a Christian, and all sorts of stuff. And he goes, we didn't really like each other, but we all believed God because we didn't want to die. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's how it is, right? You, it doesn't really matter if you like each other or not. The enemy's against you, and you're all against the enemy. So there's a biblical principle here. Anyway, so the, he said we, we would, he said some of our guys would have dreams about IEDs, and they'd know where they were. They'd be looking through a scope from way out, and they'd see a little copper wire where the sun hit the light on it in the road, and they would know there's there's an IED there. And he said, this happened over and over, and we love this stuff. Oh, it just radiates through me. Anyway, so he said they were driving out on some of their, their first tour, and this is game on. This is no more boot camp. This is no more, we're just training. And he had. She said, "There's a big sign as they're leaving, and it says weapons red. And that means safety's off. You're loaded, locked, and ready to go. In other words, he said the first few times he drove out, fear would go through him, because he realized this isn't war games anymore. This is real. Weapons red. You say, what's your point? Weapons red as you go." You have an enemy, weapons red, and your enemy is not people. Your enemy is the devil, weapons red, locked, loaded, ready to go. He told me, I better not say that. Okay, so I don't want to get him in trouble. (laughs) So as you go this week, and we'll see Wednesday, but as you go this week, weapons red, Amen? amen? Seek the Lord, a fasted life. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.